name is Ellie Lowe, and this is my podcast. Today, I will be speaking about issues concerning traffic congestion. It is one of those unavoidable things in life that everybody goes through. Caused by the widespread desire to pursue many goals, the roads and transit systems are overloaded daily. The American dream is basically to live in a suburban home with a couple of kids, and that entails the ownership of a car or few. When these cars are put on the road, especially at rush hour, then traffic time is terrible and almost unbearable. Traffic is it's caused by um, urban sprawl and development, which is also known as suburbanization. There is also utility work on roads, which can be for potholes or pipe cleaning. There's distracted driving, which entails people who are driving under the influence or who have been recently experienced an emotionally imbalancing situation. Gas prices have lowered astronomically, so people have taken advantage of cheaper prices, and that puts more cars on the road. The economy has also strengthened, so people own more cars. Actually, the ownership of cars proves that the economy is really strong of that country, so like if you went to Zimbabwe or Afghanistan, it is very unlikely that the families are going to own more than one car, let alone a single vehicle. But if you go to more developed places like America, then you can see more people with cars because they're economy of America is very strong, so people have enough money to buy material items such as multiple cars. Also, the American lifestyle is more heavily based on driving in a car rather than walking, like in France or biking like in the Netherlands. People in America lack the desire to carpool because it is easier to drive solo without having to pick up other people or ride share, which I will talk about later in the podcast. Another reason for congestion is suburbanization, characterized by urban sprawl. Suburbanization is when a large city or an urban center has other cities on its periphery that grow and will become, well, suburbs. People, especially Americans, have been moving to suburbs because they desire a single-family home on its own lot with a large yard, and the lifestyle actually is pretty appealing because these people now have a lot of flexibility. They can drive to a lot of places without there being too many people or the stores are too far away. Suburban cities normally have a semi-dense population, so unfortunately there isn't enough people per square mile to have an efficient public transportation system, but the density isn't low enough so that it is hard to go to everyday places such as the grocery store or the post office. People in the suburbs normally have jobs in the urban center that their suburb is based off of. Say you live in Alexandria or Arlington, Virginia, then you probably go to D.C. for work. That is, if you didn't have a job in Alexandria, such as owning a restaurant or teaching a public school. People think that you can get rid of congestion by taking off cars, because most people think that congestion is caused by all these cars overloading the system, but there is the constant threat of triple conversions. That is when traffic flow in any region's transportation networks form almost automatically self-adjusting relationships between different routes, times, and modes. That is an actual definition that I found while doing research prior to this recording. For example, you have a new road that has been built just recently. It is easier to drive on initially because not a lot of people are driving on it, but then people start hearing about how much faster this road is. So all these people switch their routes so they can use this faster road. And that overloads the road system because now their road's capacity has been filled again, defeating the whole purpose of initially expanding it. This can happen when a road is expanded or when people start using bikes. This can happen over the course of 10 years, a month, or even a week, which is unlikely, but it can still happen again. When you have a triple convergence situation, you can still have traffic, which can cause incidents that ultimately cause death and fatality.
A lot of people die on the road, especially when there are people driving under the influence or they don't follow speed limits. Incidents are a big reason why people are stuck in traffic because a lot of people stop to see what's going on just out of curiosity. Or there's a person who's driven off the road, now they need to be pulled out so they can be dr- taken to safety, blocking loads of traffic. They can be prevented through lowering speed limits and changing road construction times and having more rigid laws relating to driving under the influence. There are a lot of people who died of traffic incidents, especially in America. As of 2010 to 2016, there was a high jump in pedestrian deaths, where car-related deaths increased by 32.9%, cyclist deaths increased by 34.8%, and traffic traffic deaths increased by 13.5%. Those are all really high numbers because the American government has failed to create laws that enforce safety on the roads. For every 100,000th person, 11.5 people die due to crashes, whereas in the UK, Israel, Japan, Germany, only 2 to 5 people are dying per every 100,000th person. Traffic-related deaths can be decreased, especially when autonomous cars are introduced to the general public. Autonomous cars are self-driving, so less people would be on the road and relying on their own decisions. Most incidents that cause traffic are caused by human error. People suddenly stop, and that causes a bunch of cars to stop as well, which causes unnecessary congestion or there are people driving under the influence. But when autonomous cars become more popular, more people are going to misuse these cars because it is in human nature to be lazy and rely on tools that make our lives easier. It's simply something that we enjoy. Once we misuse these cars, we would be then sending them on the road, more often just to pick up groceries or running errands. Then there are all these autonomous cars just driving around, and more miles are being driven by cars. A lot of people think that autonomous driving will prevent traffic and help with conditions on the road, especially since there are less mistakes made and less crashes. But more people would be sending these cars to unnecessary destinations that leads the situation to the complete opposite of the purpose of autonomous driving. On the topic of laziness, a lot of people use cars that aren't their own, through services such as ride-sharing, which is Uber and Lyft. The thing with Uber is that they subsidize their prices so that passengers are only paying 50% of the price, and Uber investors are paying the rest, which takes away from money put into ride-sharing companies and other public transportation systems. Uber is trying to eliminate their competition in order to gain more customers, ultimately leading to more money, or less rather, since the subsidization is leading to a loss of profit for Uber. This is bad for a lot of reasons, since there are people who rely heavily on the public transportation system, but if there are more people using these ride-sharing services, then the public transit isn't making enough money in order to sustain themselves. Also, Uber claims that their cars would all be energy efficient so that the environment isn't greatly affected, but this is far from the reality. More people use these services, so that leads to more Uber and Lyfts on the roads, but these cars are still emitting carbon and our atmosphere isn't receiving the best treatment it could be. When ride-sharing was first introduced, it resulted in a dramatic rise in numbers of cars used and miles traveled, and that completely undermines the idea of decreasing traffic congestion. Now, there are more cars on the road, more people trying to get places, and longer road times. One place that has a lot of congestion is Silicon Valley, which is the general West Bay area. Uh, California, Nevada, San Francisco, and more places around that area. 
Silicon Valley has one of the highest work populations in America, so naturally there's going to be a lot of people trying to get to their jobs all at the same time. Rush hour can be as long as three to four hours, which is really incredible because that's how long two class periods take while I'm at school, and a lot of people could be getting so much done rather than sitting in traffic waiting to get their jobs done. There are students of Northeastern, which is a school of Silicon Valley, and they have established that traffic is miserable around school zones. So they have suggested decentralizing kiss and rides. That means instead of dropping off at the school, some people could be let out at the local park or the library that's close to the school. Therefore, less cars are clustered around the school at the same time. People are stopping and going instead of maintaining a constant flow, which creates a miserable traffic zone centralized around public spaces such as arenas and concert halls. There was a study on Silicon Valley that found traffic demand is three to five percent lower on Columbus Day, and drivers experience the same effect during the spring and summer school breaks. So when people have holidays, there are a lot of people who don't need to go into work. And if we had less people on the road, or less people trying to get into spaces at certain time, then the traffic would let up. There are a lot of proposed solutions to congestion, such as non-motorized modes like walking, running, and biking. With biking, it works really well in the Netherlands because they have a specific lifestyle that caters to biking, and the infrastructure supports the lifestyle much better than the American lifestyle. Americans enforce bike lanes every now and then, but is only found in urban settings. When you have a lot of bikes and cars on the road, bike crashes and cyclist deaths are more likely, which can be a discouraging factor for the American population, especially since our destinations are a 30 to 40 minute drive. Some people can walk to the destination, but it isn't ideal if timeliness is a factor. So motorized modes of transportation have been more used in the American lifestyle. We could also improve and encourage mass transit. There was an idea proposed to integrate autonomous technologies with mass transit so that they could be safer and more efficient. By encouraging mass transit, a lot of people would get to places without being on the road. This, of course, can still lead to a triple convergence situation, but only after a much longer time. With public transportation, it's harder to get customers because of the ride-sharing companies, who are more flexible and faster for the customer. With transit, there are stops, there are people getting on and off, but there are less carbon emissions involved, so it is much healthier for the environment. As I was talking about Silicon Valley, there was a point brought up that if people drove to their destinations at different times, rescheduling work times, then people could get to their point faster. Instead of working nine to five, you could have one group start at two a.m., another start at six, another at eight. Etera, so that there is no general rush hour, and that driving to work is much faster. More people would be in the office or at home rather than on the road at the same time, and in this case, rush hour would be completely eliminated. There are also utility disruptions that cause congestion. We have people working on the roads, filling in potholes or fixing pipes that burst. There's a lot of stuff that's wrong with our world, but instead of trying to fix it while there's a lot of people on the road, we could schedule work for when there are less people on the road. For example, we could do it later at night when everybody is asleep. Of course, this solution could only work if everybody had the same work schedule, and it wouldn't work with the solution I proposed prior to this. Sometimes utility work can expand lanes, which is really good now because there's less car per road. But this again can lead to triple convergence, where people find out that this road has been upgraded and that it is easier to drive on, and they come home and they drive on the road, which congests the road, defeating the purpose. 
Contradicting my point prior to this of having less people on the road due to scheduling, we could charge peak hour tolls so that there, when it is rush hour, people have to pay more money to use high-functioning roads. That would discourage more people from driving at a certain time. People don't really want to pay money for a lot of stuff. We're living in a capitalist society, so more people want to do things that are cheaper. If the government decides to charge taxes for driving on a more congested road or at a more congested time, then these people will drive at a different time. Of course, that can still lead to triple convergence, but more people will be discouraged because of the increasing prices. Another solution is for the government and companies to offer incentives to carpooling and the use of public transit. Say uh, your coworker Becky starts using public transportation, and the company gave Becky extra money for using the buses rather than cars. Then a lot of people would be like, "Oh, Becky, she's getting paid extra money for switching over to public transportation, so they just switch over just as well, so they could get the extra money." This also entails with carpools. So, if people get incentives for carpooling, more people would do it. People like getting prizes. They like feeling special, and if it they get these prizes or these incentives, then they're more likely. To- This is also better for both the urban setting and the general environment because there are, of course, less cars on the road. But also, these people are now driving to one destination together, so there isn't a lot of stops like there would be if people used ride sharing. There are less miles traveled. Ride sharing is a good. Choice for specific situations when people can't get to a certain spot without these services, or when people have no choice. But in fact, most of their customers do have a section option; they just choose not to use it because it isn't as flexible as ride sharing. If we lower the use of ride sharing, then less cars are on the road. Also, a lot of people who use ride sharing are normally in the suburbs. So, if we restrict urban sprawl, then our public transportation systems could be used more often. They can't be used efficiently in the lower def- density area. So, if we have more than four thousand five hundred people per square mile, then transportation systems can be used efficiently. If we increase the densities of each land area, that means getting rid of the large suburban homes with nice yards. Then there will be more ways to get a specific destination, especially if there are more services located in that area. Developments could be centralized around the services rather than having people sprawled all around an urban environment. That can lead to reducing traffic deaths, so there are less people on the road being distracted by those who got hurt. Then there are better traffic conditions. Congestion as a whole can't be eliminated completely, especially in the way we are living. With such a high-functioning economy and higher-level thinking personnel, it is almost impossible to completely eliminate congestion. What we can do is try to reduce as much as possible, maybe through sacrificing a lot like your car or the flexibility of driving solo. But if we do that in highly congested areas, then people would be able to combat this issue. It would do our Earth good because there are less carbon emissions. Traffic is a lot to deal with. And it's pretty unavoidable. But if we work to fight it with all the points I have made in this podcast, then our roads will be a much more pleasant place to be on. Thank you for listening to my podcast. I'm Ellie Lowe.